Welcome to broadcast number two of the Braid Broadcasting Cooperation. There will be more details on what this new BBC is all about towards the end of this broadcast. Broadcast one was an overview of the life and works of Rabbi Burns to celebrate the 262nd anniversary of his birth on January 25th. Broadcast 2 continues on the theme of Burns with a look at how he cherished freedom. The genius of Scotland's immortal bard has appealed to many folks for many different reasons. He had an exceptional ability to deeply understand humanity and to express his observations through his advanced skills in verbal and written communication. He was able to reach people from a wide range of social, political, religious and philosophical backgrounds. with contrasting views and ethics seek to embrace him as one of their own. What is it about this 18th century bard that still makes his life and works so relevant to this very day? Those who do not fully comprehend all the complexities of Burns believe that he was a mere happy-go-lucky chancer with an extreme passion for whiskey and woman. The same people miss the extent of his sincerity and his love for the woman. His love songs were certainly addressed in Broadcast One. and a British patriot, and just as important, he was an internationalist who advocated for the rights of man and the rights of woman the whole wide over. Let us pray that come it may, as come it will for all that, that man to man the world o'er shall brothers be for all that. This song, A Man's A Man For All That, gives great insight into his thoughts and beliefs in basic freedoms, in basic rights, and equal opportunity for everyone of every class and every creed in every part of the globe.
poverty that hangs us hidden all that. The coward slave we pass him by, we dare be poor for all that. For all that and all that, our toils obscure and all that. The rake is bought a guinea stump, the man's the guide for all that. And what though and vainly fair we dine, we're hot and grey and all that. He fills their salts and leaves their wines. A man's a man for all that. For all that and all that, their tinsel's showing all that. The honest man, though e'er say poor, is king of men for all that. And you see young dorky cattle lord, for struts and stares and all that. Though hunters worship at his word, he's but a cuff for all that. For all that and all that, has ribbon star and all that. The man, oh independent mind, he looks and laughs at all that. And a prince can mark a velvet knight, a marks, duke and all that. But an honest man's a business macht, get faith he money for that. For all that and all that, their dignities and all that. The pathful sense and pride of worth are higher rank than all that. Let us pray that come it may, as come it will for all that, that sense and worth for all in the earth shall bear the grief and all that. For His cosmopolitan and universal outlook, however, was not in contradiction to his belief in democracy and freedom. He had supported the ideals of the French and American revolutions of his lifetime, where he challenged the regimes that restricted the democratic rights, the sovereignty and the liberty of the people. No taxation without representation was the rallying cry for the American revolutionaries many of whom were of Scots and Ulster Scots descent. Following the American Revolution, he penned an ode for General Washington's birthday, and he posted it off out across the Atlantic to congratulate the first president of the United States of America, the first president of the free world. And his ode, he took time to lament the decline in the spirit of freedom among his kinfolk in Scotland. Thee Caledonia, thy wild heaths among, Fame for the martial deed, the heaven-taught song, To thee I turn with swimming eyes, Where is that soul of freedom fled? The Tree of Liberty and his rights of woman are among his finest works that demonstrate his cosmopolitan outlook and his support for universal liberty. But how do these works of Burns that championed the cause of freedom and democracy translate into the 21st century? Well, I think it's fair to say that sections of his works are selected and interpreted differently 
by different folks of different political persuasions. Where would Burns have stood during the EU referendum of 2016, for instance, or during the Scottish referendum of 2014? Scottish nationalists, of course, pointed to the likes of his Scots Wahey as proof of his Scottish patriotism and nationalism, and unionists reminded them of Does Haughty Gaul invasion threat? which Burns wrote when he was a part-time soldier in the Dumfries Volunteers, one of the militias formed to defend Britain from an anticipated attack by France. There's hot a gall invasion threat, and let the lands be over, sir. There's wooden walls upon our seas, and volunteers on shore, sir. The Nath shall run a curse and con and craft all sink and solway or we permit a foreign foe on British ground to rally to Britain still to Britain true among ourselves united for never but by British hands must British wrongs be righted. That debate over where his Scottish or British loyalties would apply in the present day is ongoing and looks set to remain ongoing. Burns addressed the futility of internal conflict within Scotland in his Battle of Sheremuir, where some fell for wrong and some for right, and where money bade the world good night. And in the Battle of Killycrinky, that was the last battle between the Covenanters and the Jacobites. Where he reckoned some had fought on land and fought on sea, and at him they'd fought their Antio, but they met the Deal and Dundee on the brace of Tully Crankio. And then, ye Jacobites by name, then let your schemes alone in the state, in the state, then let your schemes alone, adore the rising sun, and leave a man undone to his fate. I pretty clear on what his views were on Scottish internal conflict historically and during his lifetime. In these present day times, however, when the world is divided between those who embrace the cause of globalism and those who do not embrace the cause of globalism, the last verse of Does Haughty Gaul Invasion Threat has considerable relevance. He says, Who shall not sing, God save the king, shall hang as high as a steeple. But while we sing, God save the king, will ne'er forget the people. This refers to the fact that opposing authority of the king and the state was a treasonable offence. But once again, Burns was also pointing out that respect and loyalty to authority was conditional on that authority. It was con- conditional on that authority not interfering with the liberty of the people. Translate it into the 21st century, that would surely mean that regardless of world politics, the rights and freedoms of the people of the world must trump any political cause or agenda. Burns was a Presbyterian who challenged the hypocrisy of the elite rulers of the 
Orthodox Kirk, he called out the virtue signaling of the rigidly righteous and the uncle good. The church today no longer has that level of dominance over the congregations, over the people. But if Burns was around today, he no doubt would easily seek out and locate other new rigidly righteous elites, other new age Puritans, new age holy wallies, some new orthodoxy to take a swipe at with lines like, Oh, what some power the gifty geest to see us, see ourselves as others see us. And that man of independent mind, he looks and laughs at all that. Those who do not understand Burns think he was inconsistent in his values, merely in pursuit of personal monetary gain. Nothing could be further from the truth. He was faithful and loyal to his Kirk and State, but just not at any cost. Burns was appalled at the notion of slavery, both historically and the international slave trade of black people that had developed on a huge scale during his lifetime. He often addressed the notion of slavery, including in Scots Wahey and A Man's A Man for All That. In 1786 he was offered a lucrative job in Jamaica. The position was in the sugar industry, which had connections to the slave trade. Now Burns didn't go, but the fact that he even gave consideration to the possibility of maybe thinking serious about maybe going was enough. It was enough for folk in recent times to call for his statues to be torn down. That is a thing nowadays. And there are statues of Burns right across the world, even in far off Ballarat in Australia. And you can't get much further away from Alloway or Dumfries than that. Folk said the reason why he didn't go to Jamaica was because he had a fear of the water, that he never set foot onto a boat. Now that's contrary to folk tales of Ulster, tales that claim he sailed by boat and stayed overnight on separate occasions in the Ulster ports of Marne and Donaghadee and left his mark behind on both occasions. Now there's no proof whatsoever that he ever did that. But the fact that somebody went to the bother of making up the tales is significant and shows just what a legend the Scottish Bard has been and still is in Ulster. And I think I'm getting off the target wee bit here. Where was that? Aye. Aye. Okay. Anyway. possibility of him going off to Jamaica was in 1786, one year before William Wilberforce introduced the Slave Trade Act and began his campaign to abolish slavery across the world. In 1792, Burns wrote his Slave's Lament. In this song, he highlighted and empathised with the horrendous plight, the physical pain and the mental suffering of the slave with such lines as, It was in sweet sin of gall that my foes did me enthrall for the lands of Virginia, oh, Torn from that lovely shore, I must never see it more. And alas, I am weary, weary. 
the burden I must bear, while the cruel scourge I fear in the lands of Virginia owe, and I think on friends most dear with a better, better tear, and alas, I am weary, weary o. He was a Democrat who supported the rule of law and the authority of the democratically elected government while openly challenging aspects of the system. He did not blindly bow in devotion to the establishment. He queried and challenged the status quo. He had a keen interest in the politics of his time, but was not a member of a political party. So in 2021, it still seems difficult for some people to understand that he was an independent free thinker who was genuinely open-minded and that his support for any cause came with conditions. His parcel of rogues in a nation was indeed an assault on the Scottish elite of the early 18th century, who he reckoned capitulated to tyrants and were bought and sold for English gold. In the early 21st century, he could easily direct the same sentiments at political elites who are being bought and sold for global gold. It has no longer really anything to do with English gold or London gold or even European gold or American gold. It is the gold of the globalist corporations that is the issue for the 21st century. What it burns the devotee of liberty think of the global lockdowns that kicked off in 2020? Or more importantly, what would he think about the fact that public platform for debate is being systematically stifled? That dissenting voices are being silenced and even cancelled? Well, the next broadcast of this new BBC will address that. On this January 25th, 2021, all kinds of people will celebrate the bard, the man and his works. They will include loyalists, republicans, monarchists, Jacobites, Williamites, nationalists, internationalists, unionists, liberals, democrats, conservatives, communists, socialists, capitalists, corporatists, globalists, non-globalists. Presbyterians, humanitarians, Freemasons, farmers, civil servants, entrepreneurs, soldiers and peacemakers. But sadly for many, this year they will celebrate at home, on their own. Burns said that freedom and whiskey gang the galler. But it might just be the case that it will be whiskey on its own for now. Each of these people who are celebrating Burns will focus on what Rabbi Burns means to them. And that is all good because Burns did have the uncanny ability to connect with all those types of people on some level. It is difficult for some folk to get their heads around this and at the same time understand that he was a man of clarity who steadfastly stood for his principles. Rabbi was the man, the man of independent mind. He was also not many things. He was not a psychophant. 
who could be bought and sold for anybody's gold. He was nobody's lord. He was a slave to nobody and would talk dance for nobody. Well, this is only the second broadcast of the Braid Broadcasting Cooperation, which seeks to cooperate and collaborate with other independent creative freelancers. This has been produced, recorded, presented and mastered by me, Wally Drennan, with some crucial technical support from fellow musician Ian Burroughs and also David McLean. I'm learning the technology as I go along. I suppose that's obvious. And Ian Burroughs, he has very kindly offered to sort out my website and host these broadcasts from that site www.wallydrennan.org Broadcast number three will follow on from this theme of freedom and liberty in today's world. For regular email updates on future broadcasts and other cultural events, do sign up to my mailing list on the website www.wallydrennan.org I do hope to see you all very soon.